1: These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And so these are days of great trial, of.
0: If you need prayer for anything whatsoever, please give us a call. If you need healing in your body, you have a friend, family member, a loved one, or just someone you know who needs healing, please give us a call. If you don't know the Lord tonight and you would like to know Him, feel free as well to give us a call. So um the broadcast <clears throat> excuse me, the broadcast lasts um tonight, um as every night, somewhere between an hour and two hours, just depending on what's happening, depending on um what the Holy Spirit seems to be doing. Um and so let's start off and um pray real fast. Father, Lord tonight I completely turn this broadcast over to you, Lord, asking that your will would be done not only in this radio broadcast, Father, but in the hearts and in the lives of every single person who may be listening tonight, Father, that you would reveal yourself to them, Jesus, you said that you no longer call us servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. Jesus, tonight we desire to hear your voice, we desire to know you, we desire to see you as you are, to hear your voice, Lord, to know your heart, Jesus, we want to know your desires. As Paul said, that we may know you and the power of your resurrection. The word declares that you are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Your word declares that you are the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the earth, that you died for the ungodly, that you rose from the dead, and Jesus, that you're now seated at the right hand of your Father. It also says that you... Make intercession for us The word declares That you didn't leave us as orphans But in fulfilling your promise It said you would never leave us or forsake us You sent your Holy Spirit To fill us To reveal to us The thoughts And the heart of the Father So Holy Spirit tonight I ask that You would reveal yourself to us That You would show us Jesus, that you would reveal the heart of the Father God to us tonight. Lord, that you would quicken our hearts, Father, that you would sanctify us in your word, Lord. Sanctify us in your presence. Father, we desire, as King David said, that we may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of our life. Father, we know that we are continually in your presence, whether we realize it or not. The Bible declares that earth is yours and the fullness thereof. It says, where can we go from your spirit? Where can we flee from your presence? For wherever we are, we know that, God, you are there also. So, Father, open our eyes, Lord, so that we can see Open our ears so that we can hear Open our hearts That we can understand the reality of your presence in our lives That we can understand the reality of your love for us That we can begin to comprehend the great love with which you loved us Before the foundation of the world itself Before we were formed or created Holy Spirit that You would reveal him to us For We wish to see Jesus tonight Amen So it's been an interesting day in the news And the world in general uh, Wars and rumors of wars uh, As always in these end times And um Elections going on all sorts of things happening here and there none of it um, Surprising even though it should be Um, But yet in the times we live in with such easy access to the radio and television and the internet um, We become so desensitized to the violence in the world that It almost begins not to even shock us anymore when it should it begins not to offend us, not to upset us, because it becomes normal. And it's really a a bad sign um, that our hearts are not torn and convicted, that we so often more do not literally throw ourselves before the Father in intercession and prayer for this world. For the hearts and the minds And the eternal souls Of those Who don't know God And there's quite a Massive number Of people out there Who don't know him So But we know him Because we have been blessed And honored And have received the gift Of eternal life Through Christ Jesus Not Because of how good we are Not because of our own abilities Our works Our perfection Not because of anything that We could have ever possibly done on our own But only through The shedding of his blood Because the Bible says Without the shedding of blood There is no remission of sins And it says there is no other name Given among men By which we must be saved Except for the name of Jesus that's it so i had an interesting um talk with the lord yesterday and today and it went something like this um we're talking about love and one of those words that we throw around like crazy um and i'm almost convinced that um the world in general um Even more so, the body of Christ, the church, um, really doesn't understand the complexity and the simplicity of that word. The um, very nature of what love is and how could we ever know what it is unless we turn to the Father and we turn to his word since he created all things. And the Bible declares his love for us over and over and over again like a theme that's constantly being poured out of the scripture is the love of God to the world. You know, the word gospel, um, which we've said before, if you take that word and we hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, and if you take that word, um, G-O-S-P-E-L, You could use the, um, think of it this way, um, God offers sinful people eternal life, G-O-S-P-E-L. God offers sinful people eternal life, and that's what it is. It's an offer. It's a, um, a free gift to all who want it. To all who will receive it Um, You can't earn it You can't um, Do anything To add to it Or to take away from The perfection of The sacrifice which he has made On our behalf And not just us But the entire world Um, All those people out there in the world Who don't believe in God He died for them too all those people who um, proclaim that they're atheists and don't believe in God, those who um, believe that Christians shouldn't proclaim the gospel, um, and the society we live in to the point that they declare that, or they're beginning to declare that you shouldn't even call upon the name of Jesus for the very fact that the Bible declares that there's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. And while the world declares that um, the gospel of truth is violating their, I guess, their rights, um, in reality what it is is a red flag and a siren and a horn being sounded. Um, I live in... um, a suburb of Dallas called Plano, and um, every now and then they have these um, tornado sirens that go off for a test purpose. I've only heard them go off like once or twice when there actually really was a tornado, but they do these tests, and these sirens are so loud, and even if you're in your house and your television is on or you're listening to your radio or whatever you're doing, you can't... um, It's like for those moments when the siren is going off that everything just stops. And it's similar to the gospel of the Lord Jesus that is being proclaimed in the earth. It is a trumpet sounding unto the nations declaring for the nations to repent, to turn their hearts to the true and living God. So they can receive healing And restoration and salvation And eternal life Through Him And So I every day I um, get up And um, go through the, pretty much the same Routine getting the kids ready For school, um, dropping them off And then Going um, uh, A couple blocks down the road to get on the train To um, head to work And and you know the last couple of days i really started to think about it and that um because i'm like i don't know if it's just me but like I, I really i like my solitude um in a way and so i like to get in on the train and always hoping that i can I'm, i can get to a seat where no one wants to sit next to me because then you have someone who's like pressing up right next to you right next to you and which isn't always comfortable and but then i thought about it and it's like, you know, how many people throng Jesus trying to get close to him, that they could have a touch of that which he had, which was so different than what the world had to offer, which was Himself. And we too, who the Bible declares, carry about the fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ, carry about the dying of the Lord in our in our bodies, carry about the truth of the gospel and this new nature which is so perceivable to the world. And so thinking about the the whole bus experience and and then noticing how many hundreds of people I see every day and a couple of days um over the last cuz I work in downtown Dallas and in one of these really big buildings and once you actually take the train um it goes down this long highway from the town i live in to get into dallas and you know there's this um once you finally get into downtown dallas there's like three or four stops um throughout the entirety of the downtown area and um i'm like the third stop is where i would get off and walk to my building and you know recently i've been getting off like a block or two or a stop or two early just so i can walk and um spend time with the Lord and just, uh, clear my head before work and listen to worship music or on my, um, MP3 player or whatever. And, you know, I'm walking down these streets in Dallas and I see all these people of whom I'm, will probably never see again. One person you pass and then they're gone and, you know, that's it. Um, with the multitude of people that are in this world, um, it, it's surprising when you think about it. And it's not surprising. It's um, it's almost incredible to think about that you can see a person even at a stoplight in your car and you see the person in the car next to you and the radio is really loud and it sort of annoys you and you're wishing they would turn their radio down. But then they pass and you realize, okay, I'm never going to see that person ever again. And we go to the grocery store or we go to the gas station. And I know where, excuse me, where me and my wife live, we have gas stations and grocery stores pretty much everywhere, um, every couple of feet, just like Starbucks. And, you know, I I go to pretty much the same gas station um, at least once a day to get drinks or whatever. And even though I see the same attendant every day, how many other people do I see walking in and out of that store who for the most part I may never see again. And you can turn on the the radio or or the news, sorry, and, or get on the internet and just look out at the world and you see millions millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people out there that you may never even meet, that you'll never talk to. Um, You'll see them once, and then that's it. They'll flash a picture of some horrible scene in Africa with children who are starving, and the very sight of it, um, of the way these people look, and including children, is so much that it just turns your stomach and your heart, and you want to cry out for the injustice in the world that so many... Could suffer to such a great Extent And you even at times ask God And you you wonder Why he doesn't step in Why he doesn't intercede And
1: And
0: then you you, you Question why the world Has fallen Into such, such great turmoil And such great peril That men's hearts are so Cold to the world around Them and why there's just not really any love in, in the world And You know God gave us free choice And he gave us our own will And gave us the ability And the um, I guess that's a good word He gave us the ability to choose The path we walk um, He gave us the ability to choose Our like, In some ways even our emotions Whether we're going to follow the fleeting whims of our flesh Or whether we're going to push past those Fleeting um, emotions And look toward the spirit of God And meditate upon his word And we have so many choices And and then if you multiply that Times the, the millions of people in the earth That you see this world That has fallen into decay and in despair Because it doesn't know him And you see them almost running off of a cliff into the pit of hell because there's no buddy there to point the way to the truth there's nobody there to intercede on their behalf and yet not one of us who stand and call upon the name of the lord now are here because of our own accord it's Because of His grace and His mercy, and it's because somewhere out there there was someone who was interceding and praying on your behalf, whether it was your parents or your grandparents or a friend or even a neighbor. And you know, I was um, last night. We were having a Bible study, or no, it was tonight, because we have these Bible studies with my kids every night. And tonight we were going over the story of um, Jesus feeding the 5,000. And while the the, the story that we were telling them and declaring to them was showing how Jesus works through us and with us and that um, how he enjoys and loves to use us to fulfill his purposes on the earth. And um, and it was teaching them about faith and trusting in the Lord despite... What you see despite your circumstances So what there's only five loaves You just trust the Lord with it And um, Because the Lord never Requires more of you than what he's already given He only requires you To use that which which He's placed in your hand And to be a good steward and be faithful of that But he never requires you To do things With more than what he The ability that he's given you And you know, even in that story, um which is in um Matthew uh, chapter fourteen, I believe verse thirteen, it starts off saying that Jesus saw the multitude and was moved with compassion for them. And I in other verses it says they were he saw them as sheep having no shepherd, just a bunch of sheep in a field who were wandering to and fro with no direction and not only no direction, no um no overseer, no comforter, no protection No one to look out for their behalf To prevent the wolves from coming in and destroying the flock And yet, when the Bible says we were all like that at one point It says we were all in sin um, I believe it's uh, in Romans uh, chapter 5 um, You know, we could just start it, um chapter 5 verse 6 says for when we were still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly for scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die yet but God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners Christ died for us So, you know, there's not much difference between um, us and the – well, there's a great difference between us and the world, but as far as where we all started from, it's about the same. The Bible declares in the book of Revelation that we overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus, and by the word of our testimony, the declaration of what God did in our lives. And not loving our lives unto death Understanding that our lives are not ours They belong to him Understanding that we were purchased with a great price That we were redeemed From the curse of the law We were redeemed from the power of sin And the power of death That we could walk in a new and a glorious life Through his Holy Spirit in fellowship with the one true God Through his son Jesus Christ But yet there's a whole world out there who has absolutely no concept or clue as to anything that just came out of my mouth a second ago. Um, They know there's a Jesus, or they've heard about this Jesus. They don't even, for the most part, many of them don't even know whether he ever really existed. They've heard the name of Jesus, and there's a bunch of crazy Christians out there who proclaim him and, and try to tell them how to live their life. But rarely declare to them the love of the Father. And, you know, it's a hard sticking point, um, wanting to live righteously, wanting to live godly, and then at the same time wanting everybody around us to live that way. Um, Wanting the world to just wake up one day and immediately have the whole world fall on their knees before the Lord God and declare that He's the true and faithful Lord and for the world to submit and be obedient to God and to love the Father. But you can't force love on someone. Um, You can't force someone to love anybody, especially when they may not even really know what love is. The only definition of love that the world has is that which the world has already portrayed of itself, which is a word that's more about what you can get and what you can take and what will satisfy your flesh more than what will satisfy your creator And even him Self, the world Tries to declare doesn't even exist So how could they possibly ever Really understand who he is and the love he has for them Unless there's those Out there <clears throat> excuse me Who are willing to lay their own lives down For the sake of the gospel To declare unto the nations that Jesus is Lord, to declare unto the world that He loved it so much that He didn't come that the world would be condemned, but that, as it says in the book of John, that the world may have life, that all men may have life through Him. Because He said that He's not willing, not wanting, not desiring any should perish. But all should come to repentance And so we were talking about love And You know It's it's easy to say that we love everybody It's easy to say that we love um, Our neighbors as ourselves Like the Bible declares Because it says that We should love the Lord our God With all our heart With all our soul And with all our mind All our strength And some of them say And we should love our neighbors as ourselves Yet Um, For the majority of the world They don't know how to love themselves Because they don't even know what love is Again And so how could they ever possibly love their neighbor as themselves And how could they ever really truly love God Whom they haven't seen And don't have the revelation of And so we were Me and him were talking about This love And the world And You know, you we we say things as Christians all the time, and they when we're praying or just talking, they sound really good. As far as um, you know, Misty Edwards, a singer from at the International House of Prayer in um, Kansas City, Missouri, you know, she said once um, in one of her songs, um, she said, "The world, the Christian world, um, us who are Christians." We go around and we proclaim things um, and half the time don't believe them to be true. And even if we did believe them to be true, don't really know what we're talking about. Um, We take the word of God and declare it to be true over our lives, but then we forget to walk upon it. And so it becomes words that come out of our mouth, but not actions that we're willing to walk out. But yet James said, faith without works is dead we declare that we're we so easily declare that we're friends of God and that we're friends of Jesus we uh he said if you love me you'll do what you'll keep my commands and so the question comes down to do we love him in word only or do we love him indeed do we love him with our whole heart and with our whole soul and with our whole, our whole mind and the answer to that question can really be found by looking in a mirror because the Bible declares that you'll know men by their fruits and the fruits of your life and the words of your mouth, your very countenance, the way you perceive the world around you and those who are around you. Does it reflect your own um ambitions, your own desires, your own knowledge of people in the world based on how you were born or grew up or whatever, or your experiences Or does your viewpoint of the people around you, is it shaped and fashioned because your heart has become like his heart? You know, it says in, um, let me actually, uh, turn there, um. You know, there's a couple of different verses I wanted to go through. Um, one of them was Leviticus, and, you know, it says in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 8, it says, And you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. And all throughout the, the Bible, God, um, God makes a similar proclamation where he says he's the God who sanctifies us. It says in the New Testament, it says that Him, that He Jesus, has forever perfected those who are being sanctified, and there's this continual cleansing work going on through the Holy Spirit in our lives to form us and fashion us and shape us into His image, to be bearers of His of His glory, to be vessels of honor for Him in the world. To be lambs filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit That don't burn out That can light the way not only for ourselves But for those around us So that when the Master comes We'll be ready And we'll be able to give light to those who are around us So they're not in darkness You know, um, the story of the, um, the, the foolish virgins And... Yeah, let me actually uh turn there for a second because you know, we 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 hear that story a lot and there's something I wanted to point out. Luckily I have um Bible Gateway up at the moment. Okay. It helped if I could actually spell. Alright, so this is um, Matthew chapter 25 and it says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps but took no, no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. And, you know, we're constantly proclaiming that. Jesus is constantly proclaiming that. He said, I'm coming quickly. And it says, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, least there should not be enough for us and for you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore. For you neither know, you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Now we always hear this verse, and we always want to consider ourselves um, some of the five wise virgins who had our lamps ready. And, but you know something I wanted to point out is that while the five fool, while the five wise virgins um, had their lamps and they had oil for their lamps. Number one, they still had to trim their lamps Because they didn't trim them before the bride, they heard the bridegroom was coming And so while they heard he was coming They still had to prepare a little bit Because they weren't already prepared But the more, more important thing was Is when the foolish virgins who had no oil in their lamps And could not see or find their way to the bridegroom The Lord Jesus The wise virgin said, well, we don't have enough oil for ourselves and for you also, so go find someone who can give it to you. Go find someone who can sell it to you, and we're going to go in and hope you make it. And it seems far too often that's the attitude of the church, Um, whether it's intentional or unintentional, is that we're saved, I'm saved, my family's saved, my friends are saved. Why do we need to worry about anybody else? But yet, he didn't call us to be a vessel that's just filled to the rim. But he called us to be vessels that were overflowing, not a stagnant pond that lay dormant and still but have to have a river of living water springing out of us springing out eternal life of the Lord Jesus Christ to be so over to be so filled and overfilled with the presence of the holy spirit and with his word inside of us that we can't help but pour out the love of God to the world around us to light the world Around us And so While there was Five Virgins who were wise And they could get in They didn't have enough For the world For anybody else But yet they could have They could have had enough oil In their vessels Not only to light their own way But also to light the way Of those who were in darkness and, you know, that's what we're called to do Light the way of the world To declare the light of the Lord Jesus Christ To declare the love of God to the world That all who are accepted Because it says Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved And regardless of what theology You've been taught about about sin Everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God According to the Bible It says we're all sinners Or we were all sinners And when we were still in sin, Christ died for us. And heaven forbid the gift of God, of eternal life that we've so freely received from him, we would be unable or unwilling or unprepared to give it away. As the Bible declares, freely you have received, freely give. So, um, this is Prayer International. We're going to take a quick break. Um, Our call-in number, 619-638-8458. And we'll be back in just a minute.
1: over I you you have me.
0: Okay, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call number is six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. So we were talking about um, the love of God, and so I'll go back to the um, story. Um, i was trying to tell earlier is that um somebody and the lord are um talking um yesterday and today seems like we continually have these conversations that just last over a span of a couple days and i was noticing all the people i, I would pass on the on the train and the bus and in my car and on the street and random people and it's and this afternoon um I um was I got off the train and um last night I had the exact same thought happen and so this afternoon I get off the train and I'm walking to my car which is across the street from the train station and and I started to ask myself like what about all these people because you know if you really stop and you think about the number of people in this earth I mean, in Dallas alone, there are millions of people, I mean, billions across the earth. And whatever city or state or whatever um, country you're in right now, um, you'll see people, I mean, hundreds of thousands of millions of people that no one will ever see. And so I was asking the Lord, what about all these people? Because it gets to a point where it hurts so much. The amount of people who are lost And don't know him Not even trying to even think about What their lives could possibly be like And any of that other stuff um, Just the very simple fact of Do they know Jesus? Do they know the Lord? God, Do they? does that person know who you are? Do you have conversations with that person? Do they know how much you love them? And what about that person over there? Do they know how much you love them? And, you know, it becomes almost heartbreaking, even walking around the earth, if it hadn't been for the hope that we have in Him, that He cares for them far more than we ever could. And so, you know, I was asking Him about love, and it's like, God, how do... Do I even really love them? We, we we always say that we love everybody, and as Christians we're supposed to, and so it's the right thing to say. But is it real? Is it true? Do we really, really, um, is it real love? Or is it just something that that's a word that we say, and is it just an emotion we try to carry or an image we try to portray to the world so that we can appear that we're living this Christ-life walk? And, you know, the Lord, above all, I mean, more than anybody knows that every one of us, no matter who we are, um, regardless of what country we live in, no matter how long you've known the Lord, we're all, in some ways, completely screwed up. I mean, part of my language, but it's true. We all have our own issues and our difficulties. And, you know, some of the most anointed people with the most amazing anointing from God on their life have. I mean, lives I I've been completely dumbfounded by. And how, I mean, and not like living in deliberate sin, but just like even like couples who will argue like crazy and fight and like faces flying all over the house and, and make arguments. And I've been so blessed by the Lord to have like the most godliest woman the most wonderful wife ever. You know, when the Bible says in um, Proverbs, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. I mean, you know, when um, they wrote that, I mean, Solomon was talking about me and my wife and I me. Mean, it must have been a prophecy because she literally is, I mean, like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. And so I can barely understand like seeing some of these fights that I've seen with other couples, and but the Lord works in everybody differently, and you know the Lord even takes the my Chris who hosts the show as well always says that the Lord will take what's a mess and turn it into a bless or turn it into a blessing, and you know the Lord isn't a respecter of persons. He doesn't care how messed up you are. He knew he knew how messed up you were before, you, before you, you, you were even born. He knew how you were going to be. And it didn't faze him. It didn't change his love for you. It didn't change the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. It didn't change the fact that when Jesus was up on the cross and all the sins and the weight of the world were being put upon him, that yours were going to be put on there as well. Because who, everything about you, was created just for him Every hair on your head was Numbered and ordered The color of your hair, the color of your eyes How tall you are Everything Was crafted by the Lord Because he desired To have a relationship with you And You know it's not just us Who know Jesus, it's everybody in this earth Whether they're Muslim or Whether they're Baptist or Catholic or Um, Hindu or Hindi or Buddhist or It doesn't matter He he died for all of them For every one of them The real question is whether they know him or not Whether they've Not only whether they know him But whether they've ever been told about him I heard a preacher A long time ago When I was just a little kid And he was talking about um, Evangelism Going into the world and preaching the gospel And you know something he said was Is that In India There's All these people And every year They make this pilgrimage To the Ganges River And they get into this river which as he said it is pretty much a filthy tributary, a filthy river. It has like waste and trash and human excrement and things you don't even want to imagine inside of it. And they get in this water and they literally bathe themselves in the filth of this water because according to their beliefs and their religions and the way they've been taught, that's The way they get atonement For their sin Because no one's ever told them That they don't have to go bathe in a filthy river To get forgiveness of their sins No one's ever told them That 2,000 years ago The son of God Died upon a cross For them And those sins were already paid for And they don't know And we have an entire world Who doesn't know And you know I was talking to the Lord And it's like I see all these people And God do I really love them And what is more important In my life Than their salvation What is more important Than their eternal life to me Is it my pride Is it I have such a busy schedule You know Granted I know I can't Stand on the street corner And Spend my entire life Preaching to everyone Even if I did they wouldn't all listen Because their hearts for the most part, most of their hearts aren't right. And the Bible says it's not the words that we speak. It's not the words that come out of our mouth that cause men to turn their turn their lives to the Lord. It says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's the love of the Father. But he uses us as his mouthpieces to proclaim his love to the world. And, you know, we were talking about love, and I was like, you know, God, there's a really big difference between the way you love and the way I love. The way that you declare what love is and the way that I've always grown up hearing about it or what I've experienced about love and the question is so what is love really is it what we've experienced in our in our life here on earth is it what we've come to believe from our relationships is it how someone treated us is that how we measure what love is but he doesn't because his concept of love is so completely foreign to us even as christians You know, if you go to that um, chapter in Corinthians, the love chapter, um, they call it, which is, um, you know, let's turn there. Um, Corinthians chapter 13, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or just a clanging cymbal. I'm just something that makes noise And though I have the gift of prophecy And understand all the mysteries And all the knowledge And though I have all the faith So that I can remove mountains But I don't have love I am nothing And though I give everything I have to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned, but I don't have love, but profits mean nothing. And you know, here's what it says. This is the love of God. It says love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy. does not parade itself or boast itself up. It's not puffed up or conceited. It doesn't behave rudely does not seek after its own self. It's not provoked. And it thinks no evil. You know, there's one for you. thinks no evil. Imagine looking at someone and not being able to think any evil of them, but only good things. You know, God said in the Old Testament, He said, I know the thoughts that I think of you. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. It says in verse um, 6 does not rejoice in iniquity or sin, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. You know, there's the love of God for you, it's long suffering and patient, it bears everything. As far as the east is from the west, he casts our sin away from us. As long as it takes till we breathe our last, he's constantly searching and seeking us out. Because it bears through everything, because his love is so great for us. It says it believes all things, and it hopes all things. It endures all things. Which means no matter what the battle is, no matter the struggle, no matter the doubt or the frustration or Whatever it is we go through in life and our relationships with the Lord. You know, the the Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And, you know, like any relationship, no relationship is, like, inherently perfect. And there's always going to be times of struggle and doubt and building a relationship and trust issues. And, you know, we can have trust issues with the Lord, which we, we do have until we really learn to know him and to trust him as who he is. And But his love endures it all. It says in verse 8, it never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are different tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. You know, what it's saying is that all the things we know in this life, in this world, you could be the greatest scholar or the most noble person, the most generous philanthropist, but without real love, it doesn't mean anything. Because love never fades away. It endures forever. It says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. You know, we've walked, for the most part, as a church, as a body of believers, with this sense of love that we're more concerned with whether we can fill up buildings And get people to vote a certain way In an election And to Donate to our ministry Or Our church or whatever then we are about The actual Hearts and the souls Of the world and the sinners around us And I only say They haven't accepted the Lord Jesus yet. But if we want to be like Him, if we want to really know Him, then we'll learn that His love is so much different. And that it transforms your heart. So that you can no longer look at the world In the same way But that you'll go out and you'll look at it with his compassion And then you won't be able to help yourself But to pray You won't be able to help yourself But to cry out to God for injustice And for his hand to move upon the hearts And the lives of the world around us Because as Jesus said There's So many fields out there And they're white and they're ready for harvest And there's so many people Who are longing for the Lord Groping about in darkness Because no one Has light to give them Or no one is willing to But yet We have the gift of the Holy Spirit We have the word of truth We have the knowledge of the true God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as the Bible said, freely you have received, freely give. And so in the midst of all the things that we seek the Lord about and we pray for, around the top of that list should be that he gives us his heart. That he takes our stony heart out. That has become callous and bitter to the world, and he transforms it, he shapes it, and so that his desires and his heart beats in us for the nations because that's what matters to him. It's not how big your church is, it's how many people can he meet there. How many people can meet him? so this has been prayer international radio. we're gonna um play another worship song, and then we're gonna um end the program if you need prayer, our call a number six one nine six
1: thirty eight eight four five eight your hand reached into the depths of darkness your pulled me to the light of you spoke the word that broke my